This month, we're talking all about using technology as a tool for good. And when I found out that my friend Rachel created an app called Inspired Minds, geared to help caregivers organize activities for their kids, I knew I wanted to have her as a guest on our podcast. My name's Alex. I'm a screen time mentor for young moms. And today we're going to be talking with Rachel all about her experience using technology as a tool for good. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Welcome. So we have Rachel here of I Teach Tiny Humans, and she has created an app, and we'll get into more of that later. But Rachel, will you introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, so I am a former teacher. I taught for fourth grade for a couple of years. Um, I also worked in instructional design prior to that, and I also got my educational technology endorsement while I was teaching. I am currently now a stay-at-home mom with my son. He just turned one a couple of months ago. That's perfect. And this is why I wanted to have you specifically on the podcast, because this month we're talking all about using technology as a tool for good. And I think often screens and tech can get a really bad rap, but with your background and with your experience, you have been able to use technology as a tool for good and help others use it as a tool for good. So will you tell us a little bit about Inspired Minds and just like the story of creating that app? Yeah, so... With creating inspired minds, that idea formed over the course of a few months. Once I became a mom a year ago, Knox was born, and I quickly discovered there were a lot of pain points involved with motherhood and trying to balance everything and realizing that there's just not enough time in the day to do everything that you need to do. When Knox was born, I returned to work the week after I was discharged from the hospital while he was still in the NICU. And with that, my time with him was super limited. Like I'd get home from work and sometimes it'd be like, Oh, he's already going down for the night. I'd leave for work and he'd already be asleep because he was still in that newborn stage. So he was still sleeping a ton. And I just felt like I never saw my kid. And luckily like my husband was able to stay home with him, but he ended up getting no surgery after a couple of weeks. And he was on stronger drugs where he wasn't allowed to be responsible for our baby. So his mom flew out to watch both him and our child while I was working. And it was frustrating to me as a working from a working mom perspective, feeling like I wasn't doing enough for my child, feeling like when he was in the NICU, there was a different caregiver. Every 12 hours, they switch out who's taking care of your kid. And then I felt like I never saw my child. And it was hard for me feeling like I was even a mom, feeling like I had like those meaningful moments with him. At the end of the school year, I ended up stepping away from my teaching career to take a break to be home with Knox. And at that point, I got the stay-at-home mom perspective of being with your child. And you probably know how that is. You get The days get long and you're trying to figure out, oh, what can I do with my kid? How can I educate my kid, do meaningful activities with him, not get boggled down in the easiness it is to pull out your phone and to mindlessly scroll and 
want to just turn on a movie or something. And all those different pain points, those different perspectives that I had led me to start looking up ideas of activities to do with Knox. And I just screenshot them. And then one day I was like, man, my phone camera roll is just so full of screenshots of all these different activities. And I was talking to my husband. He's like, well, why don't you just make an app? Like you just make an app where you can sort through it all. It can all be organized. And I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. And my parents actually had the company. I teach tiny humans for several years. They've done a bunch of educational apps, different learning activities that my mom uses in her classroom. And so I went to my dad and I said, Hey, I have an idea for an app. And he said, let's do it. So over the last seven or so months, we've been working hard and he's been doing all of the coding and I've been doing all of the artwork, the copyright, all the content writing, starting up the social media for it. And it's been, it's been a lot of work, but it's been very rewarding feeling like I now have this resource of things that I can do with Knox, different activities to do with him. Something with that, when I wasn't watching, when I was working, one of my fears was when someone watches your kid, no one loves your kid as much as you do. And my fear was, are people going to be doing the educational activities like I would want to do with him that I'm not able to do with him because I'm not home with him? And with Inspired Minds, it gives you all those activities where you can create the profile for your kid. You can put on your home iPad or whatever for your babysitter to look at and to see different activity ideas you have for each of your kids. Gives them that resource. But then it also gives you a resource where if you're coming home from work late and you only have a little bit of time before bed, you can quickly pull up an activity idea to do with your kid. Or from the stay-at-home mom perspective, when you're like, man, I still have another hour before nap time, you can pull out the app and find an activity of something you can do during that hour. It is the coolest app. And I totally relate. Like, I don't have that working mom perspective. I just have the stay-at-home mom perspective. But when you were talking you about got your like, part-time working perspective too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have <laughs> this perspective because it is true. Like now that I am spending a few hours away from my kids doing things like this, when I am with them, yeah, I don't want to spend that whole time scrolling through my screenshots, looking for what activity I want to do. I want to just do something fun with them and really connect with them. And so I, yeah, I think this, this idea for inspired is inspired minds is awesome. So I didn't know that. That's cool. Your parents started, I teach tiny humans. And then this app inspired minds is one of the apps as part of that. Uh With a company. Yep. That is so cool. You kind of already touched on this, but how do you hope that people will use the app inspired minds? Yeah. I mean, with that, I think, I feel like everyone kind of wants to leave their footprint on the world in some way. And one way I felt that I could do that was by empowering parents in general, by giving them back time, by taking away stresses, because there's stresses I feel like with having a busy life and there's stresses of being at home with your kid because you're still busy, you're cleaning and cooking and taking care of everything else. But even in those down moments, you feel the stresses of, am I doing enough for my kid? And I'm hoping that this app is that difference maker for all those parents, for the grandparents that watch the kids, the babysitters, just the difference maker in helping kids get an early start on their their curious lifestyle, get an early start on exploring the world, figuring out how things work and having those desires to learn because screens are so prominent right now. And 
I think about like my kid and he's, he's a total sponge. We got a little vacuum from our neighbor yesterday. And when we got home, he took his nap, woke up from his nap, immediately grabbed his vacuum. And he spent three straight hours vacuuming every square inch of our apartment. He took a break for dinner, but he did it for three hours this morning. He woke up and he was just vacuuming back and forth around the whole apartment. He got every room. And I was just like, wow, like this kid is a sponge. He watches what I do. He knew exactly what to do with that little vacuum. Never showed him. But I'm like, if I'm having a screen in my face all the time, that's what he's going to end up doing. And I want him to have that childhood where he wants to learn. He wants to be curious about things. He wants to figure out why does this do that? Or why does the world work in this way? And I think this tool, this app is giving the power back into parents' hands to help them put their child on that pathway to curiosity and learning. I love that focus on teaching and fostering their curiosity. And I've I've been learning more about education. I do not have a degree in elementary education and I was never a teacher. And so just the idea of like kids want to learn and the, the way that they learn is like, they come curious, like you say, and just like, we want to like encourage that curiosity and let them provide activities and provide opportunities for them to teach themselves in some sense. This is kind of on a, a different topic, but I was just thinking about like this process, you know, like you had this pain point and then you decided to make an app to, to solve the problem. What has been the hardest part of that process for you? The hardest part is definitely the pain point I'm trying to solve became harder as I was making the app in the sense that I finally took back a lot of time for myself when I stepped away from my career in order to like have time for myself as well as to spend time with my kid. But in creating the app, it took a lot of time to do. And so during nap times, I was working on the app. At night when he went to bed, I was working on the app. And that for me was hard in the sense that I'm trying to balance all of these responsibilities and adding on more responsibilities with doing all of that. But at the same time, it's led me to spend more time with him because as I'm writing the activities, I'm doing them with him. I'm taking pictures of them for our social media and it's allowed me to spend more time with him at the same time. So I think it's still trying to find that balance. I think we'll always struggle with, but I think as we learn to set boundaries and to set our values and what matters most to us, it's a learning process. And I think it's going to be a learning process for a while, but by finding what we value most, I think it will help us to balance all the things that we're doing. I totally relate to that. And that, that concept of like, you know, when you're working on this app, you kind of feel like it's pulling you away from your son. And I've totally felt like that with this business of mindful with media. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah, my kids. But I feel like even if like the content I was creating wasn't connected with my kids, I feel like when I take a break and do something that's stimulating for me, when I am with my kids, I'm way happier to be with them. And I'm way, I don't know. I feel like I'm just a better mom when I am with my kids. If I do get concept of fill in your glass before you fill someone else's, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like that same thing. But again, that balance is so hard. And I feel like I've kind of, like you say, I think this is going to be a forever thing of like trying to find 
I don't even know if balance is the right word, but just like, it's going to change in different seasons. Like the last three months we've had a babysitter come for six hours a week and it's been amazing. And it's been awesome to like get a break from my kids. And I get to spend like this really good chunk of time working on mindfulness media, but today's actually her last day. And so now I'm going to go. And I've really felt that like, now I'm ready to spend more time with my kids again. And I need to, I've kind of, it's been too far this direction and now I need to spend more time with my kids again. Anyways, it's just kind of interesting, like different times and seasons, you need different things to be able to be the mom that you want to be for your kids. Yeah, I agree with that. Shifting that focus. Every time you add something new, you got to relearn how it fits into your life. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so that's kind of, you said like the hardest part of the process, what's been the best part? The best part has definitely been that I've, I've felt more empowered just like from my whole experience, ever since my child was born, I felt like all the power was taken away from me. Like I said, there were times when I didn't feel like I was his mom and definitely get worked up every time I think about it, but it definitely was hard just not feeling like I got to be there for him. And by creating this app, I feel like I've given the power back into my hands. The thoughts crossed my mind, like, oh, if I ever have a second child, like, it, I don't know, it's, I think it's a sad transition in my mind, like, oh, I'm going to have to share my attention with my child with another one. I know you just went through that. It's hard. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm like, this will, it gives me the power back to allow me to be a, a better mom to my kids. Because if there is another child, I now have this awesome tool where I can pre-save the activities I want to do with my child. And I know I'm going to give quality activities to him. Or if I'm away with the second child and someone else has knocks, then someone else has the tool to be able to do activities with him. And I know that he's still going to be learning, having fun. And I felt like it's given me a lot of that power and helping me to feel just more capable of being the mom I would like to be. That's really sweet. And it reminds me, I've been thinking about this concept of decision fatigue and how I feel like that's what your app does in a lot of ways where as a mom of little kids, there's so much decision fatigue of like, what am I going to feed them when they ask if they can do something? Am I going to say yes or no? If they, you know, it's just this like trying to make decisions and like even though it's relatively simple, it's exhausting making decisions constantly. And so by the time you do have a little chunk of time to spend with your kids, you don't have any brain space left to think about like what you even want to do with them. And so I love that your app, it takes the decision fatigue out of wanting to spend quality time with your child, which is true with your, whether you have one child, I mean, I have two, like however many kids you have, it just takes that out when you do have that time. Yeah, I definitely love that point. There's um, only so many decisions you can make in one day. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm in a phase of my life right now where I'm trying to decrease the amount of decisions I have to make each day because it's, yeah, like I said, it's just exhausting. And then I want to save that brain space and the energy for things that matter more. like spending quality time with my kids. How does this app help you and others use technology as a tool for good? 
I guess to add on to this one is the app allows you to prioritize human connections with how prominent technology is nowadays and the ease of our fingertips. It's easy to get sucked into it, but this app makes, like you said earlier, it takes away the decision-making. It makes it easy to, when you have a free moment to save some activities to your kid's profile so that when it comes time to doing an activity, you can, you can quickly choose one and allows you to prioritize that connection you're making with your child to strengthen that bond. I love that. It, um, it helps you prioritize human connection, which is the opposite of most like screens and technology, right? Like a lot of screens in tech pull you away from actually like connecting with people. But I love that your app, Inspired Minds, it helps you to, it inspires minds and human connection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this next part, I feel like it's really easy for me when I have my phone there. So like, let's say like I'm, using the app to find an activity idea. And then like my phone's still right there on the table. How do you handle using technology for good? So like whether you're using this app or in any other way, while also setting appropriate boundaries so it doesn't get in the way of your time with your kids or your your son? I think with that, I've shifted my focus more to if I'm going to use technology, I'm going to use it for a purpose. Mm -hmm. I used to be caught up in like the scrolling game. And I think it was especially easy when Knox was first born to um, scroll and online shop when your kid's asleep and you're holding them and you're pinned there. Um, I do remember like early on when Knox was first born, you had texted me about that. And we'd been talking about not like how hard it was to online shop and scroll the whole time. And it definitely is a challenge because you want to sit there and enjoy it, but it gets, the days get long and holding them for an hour here and an hour there. Definitely. It's hard not to pull out your phone and do something on it. And I think once you get started in that trap, you can kind of get stuck in that trap. And so I think, especially as Knox has gotten older and as I'm realizing, Oh, he is learning from me. He can now say some words. He can walk. I'm, I'm not failing. And I think as I'm realizing that he's learning things that I'm trying to teach him, um, it's easier for me to be like, if I'm going to get on technology, it's going to be for some sort of a purpose. If I'm getting on, it's because I want to learn about this or I'm researching something or something that betters me as a person rather than just something that I don't feel like I benefit from it after the fact, such as scrolling. And by doing that, I've found my time on technology has been much more limited. Personally, I haven't had to set like the timer where I know the apps will kick you out after a certain amount of time of being on it. Because once I kind of have done what my purpose was, I find myself now getting kind of bored. Like, okay, that was great. I figured out what I was wanting to learn. Now I'm done with that. So let's move on to the next thing. And I think the apps, one of those things that does that is it serves the purpose of getting on, you can scroll through some ideas, favorite some when you have a down moment. And then when you are in that moment of, okay, like I'm ready to do something with my kid, you can just quickly look at it and quickly find what you're going to do at that moment. That's so cool that you're intentional about when you do use technology, use it with a purpose. And I think, like you say, if you're always having that mindset then your time on technology is naturally going to be limited because you're not going to have any of that extra, what's that called? Extra time. Like that's without right. a purpose, like purpose, purpose, purposeless time. 
on your screen. And it's so cool that your app is literally designed to do that. Like it's has a really clear purpose of what you're supposed to use that app for. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. I'm excited to see what difference it makes for people. I feel like it covers a wide range of people and their needs um, from your working parent to your stay-at-home parent, your babysitters, your grandparents. It covers a lot of people who have the same shared pain points. And I'm hoping just to make a difference for those kids. I know when I was teaching, I taught a Title I school and there were a lot of a lot of sad stories there. A lot of kids that I a lot of times felt I couldn't do enough to touch their lives or I couldn't do enough to to put them on a better trajectory no matter how hard I tried. And a lot of times that was hard. Feeling like you're doing all that you can, but not feeling like you're doing enough. And I think by creating inspired minds, hopefully it will empower parents who are lacking time, who are busy, who feel drained, feel exhausted. Hopefully it will help give them something they could give their kid, even if it's an activity that they're going to do with their child or an activity that they are going to give their child and just supervise from afar so they can have a minute to themselves. Hoping that can just affect the future generation of kids and help them be set on a course for success in life. Yes. Hallelujah. (laughs) I guess kind of like as you were talking about that, you talked about like there's some activities where it's like you connecting with your child and then there's some activities where it's you giving your child an activity to do so that you can have a break. And I, I love both of those concepts. I think both types of activities are important. What is your favorite activity to do with your child? And then what's your favorite activity to like set up for him so that you can get a break? Yeah. I mean, with that, it obviously changes constantly because he's growing and he's learning new things. He used to love, I would tape toys up on the walls or under the table and he'd rip them off and put them yeah, in the I basket. just saw that you posted something about that on Instagram. Yeah. Like, genius. He used to love that one because it was when he was first learning how to stand. So he'd crawl up the wall and use it to balance and pull things off. And now it doesn't capture his attention as much because like, oh, this is easy. I can walk where I want now. I can get what I want now. So his favorite activities are always changing, but that one was one of his favorites. Um, I do love it because I feel like a lot of learning comes through exploration. It comes through observing a phenomenon in the world and thinking to yourself, I wonder why that's the case. I wonder why this happens in his mind. I wonder why the toy resists when I pull it off the wall. I wonder why it makes the sound when I pull it off. I wonder what I can do to reach that one that's way up there, the one that's over there. And I think a lot of the activities are stepping back, letting them observe. And when they're older, talking about it with them and asking them like, oh, like, what did you notice? And getting them to think about the things that they learned so that they can make those connections. So I think in general, a lot of activities do have some sort of point where you do step back, but a lot of them also, you can be very present in the sense of, maybe you're teaching him vocabulary words. Like if Knox is playing with his little cars, I'm trying to teach him fast, slow, go, stop, and try and help him develop all those words. So even though it's more of an independent one, I can be as involved as I want or as little involved as I want as well if I need a moment to step back. Because like even the toys on the wall, that's something that entertains him long enough that I can get dinner made if I need to. 
but I also can sit there with him and I can point and I can encourage him to move around the room or obstacles in a way that help him learn as well. And there's benefits of both, right? Like it's important yeah. for the child to play by themselves and it can be helpful for you to be there. Yeah. Encouraging language yeah. development or different things. Like one is not better than the other. They just have different purposes. Right. And I feel like for me, that takes away a lot of the guilt because sometimes if I do give him an activity, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get this on the stove real fast. It takes away the guilt of me being like, oh, he's still learning. Like maybe right now he's needing a minute to process it himself. But later, if I do this activity with him again, I can talk it through and teach him words. And it takes away those feelings of, am I doing enough to helping you realize like, yes, like this is good. He's exploring and he's learning. Totally. And like you say, there's so much weird guilt that comes once you have kids about like, oh, I should be doing all these things. But I feel like the more that I learn about child development, the more freeing it is. Because it's like, oh, they actually are very capable and they... Basically, I don't need to be doing as much as I think I do. And I feel like once I've had my little girl, my second baby, at first I was like, oh my gosh, like I just can't be there for her like I was for my son. And like, what does that mean for her? Is she just like not going to, you know, like she's just not getting as much attention or playtime with me or anything. But then as I've learned more, it's like, oh, like there's actually a lot of benefits to this for her to... I mean, yeah, just have more of that independent play. And and also, like, I am so much less anxious and stressed all the time because with my son, when he was first born, I don't know, like, if he was crying, I had to be right there. But now that I have two, they're often both crying at the same time, and I just can't <laughs> be there for both of them. And so it also frees me up if they're, even if just one of them's crying or both are crying, like, sorry, it's my time to take a shower right now. Like I'll get to you when I can get to you. And like, I don't know. I think it just opens up my mind that it's okay for our kids to cry. It's okay for them to be there for a little bit and like, we'll help them when we can help them. Not that we neglect them, but like, anyways, just that there's some power from them doing things on their own. Yeah. No, I, I love that. To add on to that just a little bit, I think one thing with mom guilt is a lot of times you see all the Pinterest perfect activities, the moms doing that cues with their kids and having everything all set up. And you feel that mom guilt of like, Oh, I'm not setting up those activities and such. Um, and with the, with the app, with making it, I mean, you can filter by level of preparation. So if you're like, yeah, like I want to put together a nice activity, you can find an activity that if you have more time to put together, but there's also a ton that are just low prepped where it's, Oh, give them a paper towel roll and a ball. And that will entertain them for a very long time is, your child's dropping the ball through it and trying to figure out what's going on. Why did it disappear? Why did it come out the other end? And it's not necessarily like you're doing the Pinterest perfect lifestyle. Like you don't have to feel that guilt. It's as simple as giving them some things to explore. Some things are going to help foster and instill a love of learning in them. Yes. That's so cool. I'm like, that's another good idea. Like, and which is why your app is so awesome because it's all <laughs> in one place, one database with all. Because like, yeah, just it doesn't have to be super complex. And it can be, like you say, if you have more time for that. But more often than not, you just want a little something really simple to set up for your kids. Yeah. Oh, you are just so fascinating. And I still am like your biggest fan ever. I'm like, who has a friend that has a problem and literally just creates an app 
to solve it, not only for herself, but for the, for the whole world. Like that is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your excitement over it because I'm pretty excited about it. And it's nice to hear that other moms agree. <laughs> Aw, <laughs> absolutely. Anything else you want to add to our conversation today? I think just final things are let go of the guilt around screen time. Like you've been preaching, let go of that guilt, embrace it for the better good. It's a part of our world now and it's our choice whether or not we're going to use it for a tool for good. And as we choose to use it for a tool for good, it can benefit our lives in ways that you might not realize at the moment. But when you look back on it, you'll realize, wow, like I'm grateful I did that. Or I'm grateful that I changed this or that I evaluated my values. And letting go of the guilt is kind of the first step to taking on the technology and embracing it because it is a part of our life. And you can choose to resist it or embrace it. Those are really the options because it's so prominent in our life. And I'm just hopeful that Inspired Minds is a tool that will help people embrace it for the good. So... I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We are in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today and I'll see you next week.